Here is a sermon that was preached by Pastor Ballin in one of the Sunday morning services. So today we are going to start the introductory sermon on the series called Discipleship. And I want to title my message this morning as, What kind of ship is discipleship? What kind of ship is discipleship? Right? So you know, I believe the life that God has given to us on this earth is much more than what we see today. You know, some of us, for some of us, the Christian life is going to church on Sunday morning. For some others, the Christian life is training your children in a godly way. And for someone or someone else, it may be just preaching the word, doing the work of God. You know, Christian life means many different things to each of us. But when we dig into the word of God, we come across a term called discipleship. And as I was preparing for this sermon, I realized that discipleship is much more than what we normally think about our Christian life. So this morning I'm here to tell you that we are in a serious business for God on this earth. You know, we are not just, it's not an accident that we are here today. It's not an accident that we were born in a Christian family. Or it is not an accident that we came to know the Lord all along somewhere in our lives. Nothing is an accident in our lives. You know, God is here and God's word is here in the midst of us this morning. And I believe that we are on a serious business for God. You know, there are many people, they come to church and they go, but there are only very few are followers of Jesus Christ. You know, there are two different things. One is you can come to church Sunday morning and we can go and rejoice and meet everybody and hand, shake hands with everybody and then go home and then come back on next Sunday morning. You know, that's a different life than what we are talking about this morning. There is another life which is called following Jesus Christ. Following Jesus Christ. That's what we are going to talk about this morning. You know, often we, talked about two, we talk about two distinct words, terms in our Christian setup. One is called evangelism. Other one is discipleship. Evangelism is telling Christ to someone. But discipleship is taking them through a process of growing in Christ. You know, this morning, this sermon is not just a sermon, it's also a little bit of teaching. Because we don't have a Bible study, so I need to you know, combine a study as well as a sermon together. So evangelism is telling others about Christ. But discipleship is a process of making disciples. How many of you remember the disciples of Jesus Christ? We all remember. Those 12 disciples, they followed Lord God everywhere. Do we see those kind of discipleships today, disciples today in our church? Do we think that really, are we disciples of Jesus Christ? Are we really disciples called disciples of Jesus Christ? Do we live like disciples of Jesus Christ? You know, these are the questions I was trying to ask myself. And this morning I want you to think about, who is a disciple? In a moment we hear about disciples, all the 12 disciples, and the beautiful picture that comes in our mind. 12 disciples of Jesus Christ. And some of us even know the names of them. But who is a disciple? A disciple is a learner or a student. 
and a follower of Jesus Christ. He's a learner of his teachings. You know, the word of God is full of his teachings. Bible is full of his teachings. Someone who study the word. Someone who learns the word. Someone who tries to follow Jesus Christ as he studies the word. He is the disciple. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 4 verse 19. Shall we just turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter 4? And we can also get that in the screen. Matthew chapter 4 verse 19. Then he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. This morning I want you to listen to this you know, beautiful scripture. Follow me. I will make you fishers of men. You know, there are three sections in this scripture. Section number one, follow me. Section number two, I will make you. Section number three, fishers of men. First section says, follow me. Following God is nothing about, nothing other than knowing God. You know, we all know God, whoever God is. We read the scripture, we listen to the sermons, we know who our God is. When you think about Moses sitting on the mount, we know what it means. When we think about Elijah, we know who he is. You know, we know about the word, about the scriptures. So following God is knowing the scripture. So the scripture is in our head. Right? The scripture is in our head. So we remember the scripture, we know the scriptures, and we follow the Lord accordingly. So we follow God based on the knowledge that we have about God. That's the first section. And second section says, your word, my word is, God's word is in our head. You know, we read the word, we know so much. Now, why don't we bring that word from head to the heart? When we bring that word from the head to the heart, what happens? That word begins to change our lives. So follow me by what you know about your God, and he says, I will make you. I will change you. So the word which is in our head, it comes to our heart. When the word comes to our heart, the word starts speaking. When the word speaks, we respond to the word and we grow. There are certain things that we need to get away. The word will tell us what we need to get away, what we need to throw from our lives. What we need to do, the word is going to tell us. So bringing the word to the heart. And thirdly, Jesus says, I will make you fishers of men. Bring the word from your heart to your hands and start doing the work. You know, there are simple things. Follow me, the word is in our head. And I will make you, the word is in our heart. And fishers of men, when we start practicing the word, when we come into our lives to tell someone about Jesus Christ, and the hands are active now, your feet are active, and you want to go and share the gospel to somebody. That's the reason Jesus said, I will follow me, I will make you fishers of men. So that someone who does all this is called a disciple. Someone who's a learner, who's a student of the word of God, and someone does all this is called a disciple. Now what the disciples will do, they will grow in the Lord and they will help others to grow in the Lord. Can you repeat this after me? Disciples, they grow in the Lord. They also help others to grow in the Lord. So those people are called disciples. Again, the question that we need to ask, am I a disciple? Am I doing all this? Or my knowledge is just only in the head? I don't really think about anything. Or I put the word in action, sharing Christ to my friends, to somebody. Now, what is discipleship? Discipleship is basically a process of making disciples. Anyone has born as a disciple? What do you think about that? No? Anyone has born as a disciple? 
disciple? No. They're all just born like babies, ordinary babies. But they are made over a period of time. The reason why we are sitting here, you and I are sitting here, we are being made as disciples of Jesus Christ. So discipleship is a process of making disciples. It really, you know, it is basically helping people to follow Jesus Christ. When the people will follow Jesus Christ, when they put their trust in God. You know, if we, no matter how much you tell them, if they don't trust in God, they're not going to follow Christ. But helping them to put their trust in God. How do you help them to put their trust in God? They come to you with a problem and you deal with them and tell them, you need to pray about this to God. I will pray for you to Jesus. You know, the very word that you tell them saying that I will pray for you, that brings them so much of courage in their lives and they will start trusting God. And I'm sure when you pray for them, God will deliver them. And you know, helping somebody to put their trust in God so that they will follow, that's, a, that's what is called discipleship. Discipleship is more than baptizing people. You can baptize somebody and leave them. They are not just going to become a disciple all of a sudden. Discipleship is much more than baptizing people. It is basically keeping people and helping them to surrender their life to God, surrender their life to Jesus and follow Jesus. And as I said this morning, we are in the serious business of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. It's basically cultivating, cultivating that culture in our lives. Think about the disciple of Jesus Christ. They just followed Jesus wherever he went. You know, how do we bring that culture in our lives? Bringing the Jesus culture in our lives so that we will start following our Lord God. You know, discipleship is taking basically a people along with us to a place where they can really put their trust in Lord Jesus Christ. You know, think about our lives. Will we be able to take somebody spiritually to a place where we never been? Where we had never been? Will we be able to, will we be able to take somebody to that place? If we want to know, take somebody and tell them, teach them the word of God. First of all, we need to know the word of God. You know, that's how the discipleship process works. We learn the word of God and we help somebody to grow their life spiritually in the word of God. So discipleship is basically helping people to leave an example so that others can follow the example. You know, Jesus was leaving an example in front of the disciples. All that Peter, John and everybody did, they just followed the master. You know, today the world is looking for people whom they can follow. In your workplaces, you know, people, other, others are looking at you. Can I follow this guy? Can I follow this lady so that my life will be blessed? People are looking at you. So they are thinking that, can I do what she does? Because she seems, she seems to be happy. She seems to be blessed. I want to follow her life. No matter what she goes through in her life, still she is praising God. Where she gets the joy, where she gets that courage. You know, this discipleship is really putting an example of our lives in front of others. Again, the question we need to ask, am I a disciple of Jesus? Paul is asking in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. He says, follow my example. Or imitated, imitate me, just as I also imitate Christ. NIV says, follow my example, as I follow example of Christ. Now God wants us to set an example to the people, those who are living around us. Now, why do we make disciples? 
We'll, keep, we'll stop asking these questions soon. Why do we make disciples? Just simple one reason that I can come across in the word of God. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Just only one reason why we need to make disciples. Just simply because Jesus commanded us to do so. Now why people go into the, go into the forest, into the jungle as a missionary? Just only one reason, because Jesus commanded them to go. Why do you follow Jesus Christ today? Just only one reason, because Jesus asked me to do that. Jesus commanded me to do that. Simple reason. We are talking about discipleship. We are talking about what kind of ship is discipleship. I want to turn all of our attention to the teaching of Lord Jesus Christ, the beautiful teaching that we can find in Luke chapter 14. If you can just keep your Bibles open there in Luke chapter 14, we are going to couple of read, uh, couple, we are going to read a couple of scriptures from there. Luke chapter 14, verse 25. Listen to this. Now great multitudes went with him, and he turned and said to them, this is what Jesus said to the multitude, not to the disciples, but to the crowd. This is what Jesus said, what he said, as you see in the screen. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Verse 26, if anyone, verse 27, and whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Shall we read that again, verse 26? If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Verse 27. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. We are going to read further now. Jesus is going to explain what he said. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? Verse 29. Lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Verse 31, or what king goes going to make war against another king does not sit down first and consider whether he is able to with, able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. Or else while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks condition of peace. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but if, it, if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is neither fit for the land nor for the dunghill, but men throw it out. And who has ears to hear, let him hear. You know, Jesus was trying to, you know, uh, bring some illustration there to explain what he said. But when I read this passage, 
I can I couldn't understand what he said, but when I read the illustration, even the illustration appeared to be more complex, you know, than what he said. So this morning we are just going to you know, spend a couple of minutes to understand what Jesus is talking about. Number one, Jesus is trying to define the discipleship here. He, this is how Jesus is defining the discipleship. Number one, discipleship is rooted in relationship. Discipleship is rooted in relationship. Verse 26 again. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brother and sister. Yes, and his own life. Also, he cannot be my disciple. You know, many times in our lives, we consider Jesus as one among many things in our lives. Don't we do that? We consider Jesus as many things, one among the many things that deal with. Every day morning we get up and we just give a few minutes to Jesus. So we are done with that. And we start giving time to various other things. You know, we write a beautiful quote. Christ is the head of this house. Unseen guests at every meal. And the silent listener of every conversation and we put a nail and put that in the wall right we see that in most of our houses but Jesus is talking about discipleship is rooted in relationship right Jesus needs to be much more than what we think about him Jesus is saying if anyone wants to be my disciple he must hate his Father, mother, wife, children, his own life. And many times we don't want to read the scripture, right? We comfortably, we skip the scripture because we don't feel like reading the scripture. Jesus is asking us to hate everything. But this morning we are here to understand what Jesus is talking about. You know, Jesus is not really talking about hating everybody. Because in John 13, 34 and 35, I want to read the scriptures for you. John 13 verses 34 and 35. Here scripture says, a new commandment. I give to you that you love one another. Listen to this. A new commandment I give to you. You love one another as I have loved you that you also love one another. Next verse. By this. Loving one another. By this we will know that you are my disciples. So how people will know that we are his disciples? By loving each other loving one another we will know people will know that we are his disciples but the chapter portion, the portion where we read now from from luke jesus is saying if you don't hate my father your father your mother son and wife and children you know you cannot be my disciple now jesus is bringing an intimate relationship into the picture what do you consider the most intimate relationship with you for you right you don't need to answer just think about it what is the most intimate relationship for you so jesus is bringing the most intimate relationship to the plate and he is telling your love must be more than the love that you give the person whom you love intimately it may be our spouse it may be our children but jesus is telling you need to love me more than you love the people in this world you know some of the people that we cherish every day we rejoice with them being with them but jesus is asking you to love him more than those individuals do you remember what jesus asked peter jesus asked peter do you love me more than these 
Do you love me more than this? That's what Jesus asked Peter. Now Jesus, using the word hate, just to bring you a lesser degree of love to others. We need to love Jesus the most. That's what Jesus expects in our lives. That doesn't mean that we need to hate everybody. That means that we need to relatively, we need to give more love to Lord Jesus Christ. You know, disciples are the one who are passionate about loving God. You know, sometimes people ask us, what is your passion, right? What is your passion? Jesus wants us to know that we need to love him passionately. Now, when we start loving passionately, that is a sincere love that we have for Christ. When we have that sincere love in our lives, we will not compromise that love for the worldly love. Did you listen to that? When we have a sincere love for Christ, we will not compromise his love for the worldly love. For example, you know, sometimes Jesus is asking you to do something. But in between there comes your wife. In between there comes your husband. In between there comes your children. But God wants you to give your time for God. Maybe for the work of God. Maybe for a time that you need to pray. But something comes in between. You know, that's what Jesus is talking about. Jesus wants all of us to love him. And Jesus wants us to give the number one priority to him. You know, how do you get this love relationship with our Lord God? It's all about intimacy. That's the reason we are saying that number one reason, number one definition that Jesus is giving for disciples, discipleship is rooted in relationship. How do we you know, develop this relationship with our Lord God? By spending time with Him. Just only way is by spending time with Him. Remember Jesus was spending His time with the Father. You know, those things were observed by the disciples. Disciples were just trying to find out where Jesus is, but Jesus was spending time with the Father. Jesus was setting an example for the disciples, but today God wants us to set an example for the lives around us. Question again, we need to ask is, am I a disciple for Christ? Number two definition that Jesus is giving, trying to give is verse 27. Let's read verse 27 again, Luke chapter 14. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me, cannot be my disciple. Who cannot bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. So we realize that we need to love Lord God. Number one priority is to Lord Jesus. And number two is discipleship is dying to self. Discipleship is dying to self. That's the reason Jesus said, whoever is not carrying the cross cannot be my disciple. You know, what is a cross? I just want you to think about, you know, because we are just already started the Lent days. I want you to think about what is cross. Any idea what is cross? No idea? What is cross? Earlier days they used the you know, cross to punish thieves who commit crimes. Good answer. So cross is the one which was used for the punishment. But do you know in Jesus' life, in the life of Jesus, God used the cross as a means to accomplish his purpose. Simple thing. Jesus, God used the cross in the life of Jesus 
to accomplish his purpose. What was the purpose of God on Jesus? That Jesus will die and he will rise again from the dead victoriously. That was the purpose of God. So cross is a means for God to accomplish his purpose. Can you repeat that after me? Cross is a means by which God's purpose is accomplished. Think about that what we said. Cross is a means by which God's purpose is done in the life of Jesus Christ. The cross means the same thing to you and me. But the cross that God is talking about here, the cross is not really for us to be crucified because Jesus already died at the cross. We don't need to be crucified. We don't need to crucify ourselves at the cross to die for others. No, Jesus already did that. Right? But the cross is very important in our life to crucify our self. Right? Cross is very important to crucify ourselves. That's the reason Jesus is saying, whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. So Jesus is saying, if somebody is not willing to crucify their lives, life at the cross, the cross was a means for Jesus Christ to fulfill God's purpose. In the same way, cross is a means in our lives to fulfill God's purpose. What is the purpose of God in our lives? We need to become his disciples. We need to become his followers. We need to, you know, uh, we, we need to be identified with Christ as Christ followers, as Christ disciples. You know, cross is not really a heavy burden. Sometimes we think that I carry my cross. It's a heavy burden that I take. It's not really a heavy burden. It is a place where we crucify ourselves. What does it mean crucifying ourselves? Carrying the cross in our lives and we say, Lord, you must increase and I must decrease. Crucifying the self. And Paul writes, he says that I've been crucified at the cross. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I, Christ, who lives in me. You know, that's what is crucifying ourselves. Crucifying ourselves is to fulfill the purpose of God in our lives by our very own lives. Right? You know, this morning, I don't know how many of us are willing to do that. How many of us are willing to do that? You know, God is very particular about those things in our lives. You know, the cross was a means for Jesus to fulfill God's purpose in the life of Jesus. The same way cross is a means in your life and my life to fulfill the purpose of God by allowing ourselves to be crucified. You know, how do we crucify ourselves? As I said, you know, there are many things that we want to enjoy in this world. But the moment we say no to a couple of those things, we are crucifying ourselves. You know, there is a pleasure outside. We can go and enjoy those pleasures. They are sinful in nature. But you as children of God, you say that I don't want to be part of it because I know it is sinful. We crucify ourselves. So cross is a means by which we crucify ourselves. Number two, you know, definition for discipleship. Number three, Jesus again says, discipleship is a lifelong commitment. That's what Jesus is talking about. Let's read the verse 28 again. For which of you, listen to this illustration, this very interesting illustration. For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it, lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock at him. So discipleship is a long-term commitment. There is a cost associated with discipleship. There is a cost associated with following Lord Jesus Christ. What is the cost? 
Saturday morning we have to get up one hour early. That's the cost. We pay that. Why we pay that? Because we want to love Jesus. You know, these are the simple scriptures Jesus is talking about. Why do you come to church every Sunday morning? We want to show that I love you. There is a, a amount we need to pay. You know, some of us get that day is the only day off. We feel like sleeping, right? We don't feel like coming to church. But God expects us to do that. Why? Because we love him. We want to be his disciples. We want to be his followers. You know, and here scripture says, an illustration, somebody wants to build a huge tower. But will he not sit first and see how much money he has? Whether he has enough money to build the tower? He will do that certainly. If he doesn't do that, what will happen? He will build the tower, maybe put the foundation, and he doesn't have money. And he has to stop the foundation. But Jesus is telling, your commitment to me to, me, to become a disciple is lifelong. You know, we just start following Jesus and we don't want to leave him halfway and go. We see, come across people doing that in their lives. They start following Christ and they say after some time, no, I don't want to follow this Christ. Christ is talking about discipleship as a long-term commitment. Before you make a decision to follow God, just make sure you're willing to follow God till the end of the life. That's the reason, you know, Jesus is talking about here. Discipleship is a long-term commitment that God expects in our lives. When Jesus was teaching this to the disciples, the disciples said, many of them, not the 12 disciples, many others said, Lord, it is a very tough teaching. We cannot follow you. We don't want to follow you. You know, Jesus is asking us to get into the relationship with him. And that's the reason he says, salt can never lose its flavor at the end of the scripture. You all seem to have salt. If the salt loses its saltiness, what will happen? We can just, we need to just throw it out. We cannot really use the salt. Our Christian life is like salt. Once we start following Jesus Christ, it should never lose its flavor. So Jesus is telling us not really take an emotional decision and jump into following Jesus Christ. Just know how much it takes to follow Lord Jesus. How much it takes to say no to sin in our lives. But you know what God honors? Number four, discipleship is following Jesus not for material gain. We read verse 31. Shall we read verse 31? Another illustration Jesus is giving are what king going to make war against another king? Does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. Or else, while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. Listen to this, what Jesus is, you know, talking about here. Jesus is talking about, you know, one king, there are two kings now, listen to this, there are two kings. One king is having an army of 10,000 people. Another king has an army of 20,000 people, right? Now the 10,000, army of 10,000, they want and fight against the army of 20,000. So Jesus is asking, will he not sit and think before doing it? The army of king with an army of 10,000. He will sit and think, am I able to fight against a king with 20,000? Certainly he will do. But the moment he finds that he cannot fight, what he will do? He will come in peace agreement with him. He will come to surrender to the higher level, higher army. The lower army will go and surrender to the higher king. He will be willing to give everything to him. You know, that's the illustration Jesus is talking about. 
The king with the 200,000 in an army is the call of God in our lives to follow Jesus. You know, every one of us have the call. Every one of us has the call in our lives to follow Jesus. You know, that's the reason we are here today listening to the sermon. We have a call in our lives to follow Jesus. That's a big call in our lives. But we look at all the positions that we have. We look at all the strength that we have. We look at all the wealth that we have. And we think that, Lord, your call is the greatest call. Why should I try to fight against that even now, Lord? Instead, I will surrender to your call. That's the wise thing to do. Lord, I will surrender to your call. I will say, everything that I possess, it all belongs to you, Lord. I come in agreement with you and I surrender. You know, that's what we want to do. And verse 33 says, So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. The king with an army of 10,000, he decided forsake all the blessings he has and give everything to the king with 20,000 army. That is a call of God in our lives. And God wants us to follow him, not for material blessings, but for the eternal blessings. Eternal blessings. Finally, verse 34, discipleship is not losing our favor, flavor. Discipleship is not losing our flavor. Shall we read that scripture again? Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? How shall it be seasoned? You know, we all see in a pile of salt, good salt, when the salt loses its flavor, they used to throw the salt on the streets everywhere. It cannot be used anymore. Jesus is talking about, you need to become a disciple and you should not lose your flavor if you want to become a disciple. What are those flavors that Jesus is talking about here? What are those flavors that Jesus is referring here? You know, remember the day when we gave our lives to Lord Jesus Christ. Remember the day when we took baptism. Remember the day when we were filled with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. That was a salt in our lives. Remember the day God answered your prayer. Remember the day when you came here and testified salt in your life. The original love that we had for Jesus. The zeal we had for Jesus. How many years passed by already? Salt cannot lose its flavor. The original dedication and commitment that we had to live for Lord Jesus. The willingness to, willingness to sacrifice our, our lives. Willingness to share our testimony. You know, going around passionately sharing the love of Lord Jesus. Salt in our lives. And scripture says, Jesus says, you are my disciple. You can never lose the flavor. You can never lose the flavor. The call on each and every one of us is very high to follow him as a disciple. And we found out this morning that discipleship is relational. God wants us to love him more than we love anyone on this earth. Number one priority is Jesus. God wants us to die for ourselves. 
the reason the purpose the means of dying to self is the cross that we take in our lives every day god wants us to crucify our lives at the cross that is saying no to a couple of things in our lives because we want to follow lord jesus christ discipleship is also a long-term commitment and there's a cost attached with the discipleship god doesn't want us to jump into it all of a sudden god wants us to consciously take steps in following lord jesus christ discipleship is following christ not for material gain not for the worldly gain it is surrendering everything to the call of god because the call of god is like a king with the twenty thousand army and we are like king with 10,000 army. It is go with in peace with God. Say that, Lord, I want to follow you, Lord. And finally, we saw discipleship is not losing our flavor. And this morning, God is speaking to us. Can we all just stand for a moment? Hope you are blessed by this teaching. Please write to Pastor Balan Swami Nathan at balan at hipm.org. God bless you.